This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. Get movie microscope. Today's episode is Reindeer Games. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me. The testicled, bespectacled, majestic, killed, LED pouting, scraping the sandwich barrel, loving the old lunch money. Justin Waddell, what's going on, sir? How you doing? It's Friday night, Nick. It's Friday night. On the streets of LA, as King T once said. And uh, we are spending you a, a night that we usually spend partying it up. I mean, we, we usually get out there. Keeping the King... podcast. Yeah, keeping the King T thing alive. Yeah, we like to act a fool. Yeah. On a Friday night. I don't know what you're talking about. King T. Yeah. Oh, he's one of the one of the best rappers of all time. Not familiar. But yeah, we're 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 staying in and we almost met. We almost got together tonight, but we decided to do it remotely. It was a mercy killing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brownwall craves us right now. But yeah, the, idea, the idea of you driving in on the slippery roads, you know, half hour each way for reindeer. I would games. have I would have risked it all for this movie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would have uh Cut my own brakes and then driven towards your house. If it just were to give me a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, put a little bit more danger in the night to get this done, you know. But you said no. You you thought of my safety. I appreciate that. If we were doing the unborn, different story. <laughs> Is the unborn a David Goyer movie? Is that? I, am I, I think right? It's, I think it's pre Goyer. No. Well, what am I thinking of? He did a movie that had on in the title that started with UN. Am I wrong? Let me check. I think Is it a the, wayward Zoom? Am I incorrect? Uh, that's the Matt Dillon show. Hold on a second. Let's see. <laughs> wayward Pines. I th- wasn't Brooke Adams in The Unborn or some... Maybe. ...facsimile? Tony, Mrs. Tony Shalhoub. For reals? Ms. Okay, there, there, okay yeah. so there is another film called The Unborn that Goyer did. I'm talking about the good one from 1991 with Brooke Adams. Okay. You're not talking about Goyer's movie that has Fast Fastbender? Odette, Odette Yusman. Oh, who's who else is in that? The guy that always gets confused with Fastbender. Cam Gigandet. Oh, yeah. One in the same. Gigande. Gary Oldman in it. Megan Good in it. Idris Elba. I said Megan Good earlier. Uh, Idris, Elba, Idris Elba, early role. Yeah, so huge. To yourself? I said it to the beginning of the show. Doing a little Megan Good. Megan Good, man. Yeah, always gets always gets good reviews, no matter what performance. Exactly. I think she was in One Missed Call, Megan Good, the remake. Cool. Am I right about that? That's huge. It's huge. Am I right? 
Am I right? Starring Shannon Sossamon. My girl. And Ed Burns in this. He was in the One Miss Call remake. They remake? Wait, it's it's a remake of what? One Miss Call. Uh, or, yeah, I think that's what it was called. It's a um, Japanese uh, horror film. You're correct. That we made over yeah. here. Megan Good. So that's what's, a good name. What's going on? I get it. What's going on in your world, Sam? Just working. Just out there. You know, playing Elden Ring. Sadly, I'm eating a... Oh, I have a recommendation. He was a good Foggy Nelson. I agree. <laughs> I have a recommendation. Okay. Limited edition Lemon Kit Kat has hit the stands just in time for Easter, apparently. And I, on a whim, bought a package like these little mini ones. They're delicious. They couldn't have called it a Lemony Snit Cat? Buying in... Uh, yeah, they didn't have a tie-in, I guess, to the, to the author. Nice. Yeah. You're thinking of... Speaking of one missed call, I hear mist calling upstairs. She's barking. She heard something outside. Yeah. My dog is having a little bit of a, what do they call it, conniption fit. Yeah. She flips out when she anybody gets near our house. It's, it's lovely to live with. That's what a, a joy. That's one of Earth's protectors. What about you? How, how's uh, life? Oh, man. One of my favorite Martin Lawrence performances. Yeah. I like that movie. Yep. You can't have my cornbread, right? That a line I can't me? remember the I can't remember the lines, but I, I do like it. I've seen that movie twice. Ted Demi's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. And uh, who is the uh, asshole in it? <sighs> the bad guy. I don't know. I mean, they're in and out of prison, right? In the same place. I I don't know. But it's a good movie, and I, I remember well, back in the day on Chud, we did a list of the best movies of like a certain decade or something, and and I had put that on my list and everybody made fun of me rightfully so probably well, that's okay i had a, had a my heart it was even of, of a specific year you know well time has been kind uh and, and you won this argument over time because nobody goes a day without mentioning it <laughs> now when they mention it they're talking about the ryan reynolds film that we zoomed in on already i can't believe we did it we really nailed that one to the wall too mm-hmm. we're good Nick at Cassavetes this in that nick cassavetti's Probably the bad guy in that. Yeah, he was he Bernie bald? Mac in that movie playing a character named Jangle Leg. Yep, Bernie Mac. Noah uh, Emmerich in that. Don't worry, no no Emmerich. And one of the stars of this film tonight, Clarence Williams the third. Sort of everywhere for a stretch, that dude. Clarence Williams the third, a very unique actor, very memorable, great voice. Died recently. Died in 2021. Two, we've done um, it. We've done a movie with him in it. You remember? I don't really remember. No, what? Deep Cover. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't remember. An awful performance in that film. Was he bad? Because that movie is a good, it's a good movie. Lovely movie. He sucks. Uh, once we did it, it hit Criterion. Am I correct? Is, that, think, is, they're not, is, not, is it deep cover or is it? Yeah, it is deep cover. Right? Yeah, no, they did do one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The Criterion people are following our work very closely. I know. Uh, Jade was just announced in their most recent announcement. <laughs> they announced Jade? Fantastic. They have a commentary by the Pope. That's he's one of his favorites. Crusoe's gonna do it. He they he agreed to um do commentary for some of the deleted scenes. Nice. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait, man. Who did that masterpiece? Freakin? Yes, I think it was Freakin. And Freakin's still around, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Still still can... still in the best of moods. I wonder if we can ask him some throw some questions his way regarding Jade. Probably his fondest movie making experience, right? You know what's funny is I used to always confuse William Friedkin with John Frankenheimer. Of course, I still do. Not if they were wrestling. I would I'd be able to pick out who who was who in this situation. 
why is uh is was one heavier than the other one frankenheimer was kind of a what, macho what if, dude. one of them is less mobile than the other what does that mean i i don't know frankenheimer um, is super killed i know he's dead well, that's what i'm saying thought- he would lose in a wrestling match that's what i was saying he would not make it because he sucks he's dead he's a decedent yeah we'll get to him we'll get to that fuck but no, things are okay, man. I'm just like walking around, you know, looking at things, keeping my uh, teeth clean, keeping my eyes on the street. I'm glad to hear it. Anything, you know, coming up that you're excited about? We got Better Call Saul coming real soon. We got Dr. Strange. We got some good shit coming. I'm just, you know. When's Dr. Strange, uh, Strange dropping? May. As they say. Yeah. You're going to see it opening night? Hell yeah. I can't yeah. not. I've seen every same movie every, you know, opening night. You have? Pretty much. I think the only one I didn't see opening night. No, I even saw For Love of the Game opening. Did you really? Yeah. Is that a movie you still like? Absolutely. Do you think you get... This is what I just looked up. Do you think you get these two directors confused, William Friedkin and John Frankenheimer? Because William Friedkin directed the French Connection original, and Frankenheimer directed its sequel. Is that probably where the confusion no, comes I in? I mean, it might be, but I, I think, I think, I think it it's is. the F. It's the F. Like gritty, gritty eighties or sorry, gritty seventies filmmakers. Yeah, kind of working class, hard boiled, just great mm-hmm. blue collar filmmakers. Let's just let's just decide it here. Who had the better last name? Is it Friedkin or Franken? That's a tough pull because Friedkin's great because it's it's like Friedkin. Are you out of your Friedkin mind? And then Frankenheimer yeah, got- is like a creation in a lab that kicks ass. You know, so it's. They should have swapped last names because I don't remember if you remember this. Uh, I think 60 Minutes did a piece on it. John uh, William Freakin was being interviewed and he threw a girl into the lake. <laughs> I do. This deep I do cut. Remember that. Mm-hmm. He uh, did. I, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster was no joke. I'm just going to put that out there. I think people kind of make fun of him, but he was throwing girls into water, young girls into water. Do you think De Niro was shitting his pants? You know, De Niro being the definitive Frankenstein. Do you think he was shitting his pants when he heard Eckhart was coming on in? As I Frankenstein? Yeah, he uh, considered retiring. Yeah. I, he said he thought no one would ever touch that legendary monster after uh, he had its, his way with it. But, you know, the thing is, it's hard to decide who was better because they're both such iconic, towering performances. I mean, everybody remembers Aaron Eckhart was an I Frankenstein. You know, that was his franchise starter. I remember he was couldn't wait. He when he signed the contract, it was for I think six movies. Well, he had to get all the vowels. You know. Yeah. It was called it was called the vowel verse. <laughs> Did you ever see I Frankenstein? No. It had Episode to be written by two hundred and six. It had to be written by uh, Jake Land or what's the Landis kid? Max there, Landis. There is absolutely no way he was involved. He did some Frankenstein movie. He did one with um with Harry Potter, was it or something? Oh yeah, with uh, Dan Rad. Everybody got to play uh, Frankenstein's monster. That's how you, you get your sea legs as an actor. Frankenstein blew my mind. Like I saw the production before I ever read the book. I was young. I saw production of it uh, at a local theater. Like uh, it was really well done. And you know Frankenstein was super sympathetic, or Frankenstein's monster, and I, I was like, I thought he was an asshole. Like I thought he was the worst of the worst. At the end, he's like going to be alone in amongst the ice, right? You know, going to the Arctic. I didn't know. I, I didn't know his life like that. 
that blew my mind. We did it. We did it in my high school. We did a, a, a performance of Frankenstein, and I, and I got to play the guy who rounded up the dick they used for the body. One of my best friends mm-hmm. played the dick. It's pretty cool. We did a. He wore. Were, a black were you in? Were you really in theater? Like in the high school? Did you do? I wasn't an actor. I did. I did some. I did some stuff. I wasn't in the. I wasn't in the club, but I did do. Some you fashioned stuff. yourself an actor. I'm a very gifted performer. People say that all the time. You're outgoing, and you do. You do have a certain quality. I, I wonder if you could have made it as an actor. Could not have. You know, you could have. You love the movies. You know. Do you like inhabiting characters? Let me just ask you straight up. I love nailing it in. Yeah. I like, I like immersing myself into the body of of a creation and just letting my mind's eye run rampant, deliver, you know, poetry through the motions that I create. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, is that acting? It's, it sounds like it. I, I, I'm trying to sit here picturing your, your successful acting career that would have led you to like a superhero, you know, like, and I could have been friends with someone who, although if you were an actor, we probably would never have met, but let's just say you were. What what superhero do you think you could have been? Because that's the ultimate goal of any actor these days is to be a DC or Marvel superhero. That would be slumming for me. Roach Mill. That's the. I think you'd be a good Roach Mill. Thank you. The Jam. I think you've been a good The Jam. I would have been. Uh, I would have liked to have been something huge. You know, some badass. The Prowler from the indie comics back in the day. I was thinking maybe Sludge or uh, Mark Hazard Merc, but the one I was born to play. Let's face it, North Star from Alpha Flight. Did he now did North Star pass away from AIDS? Does that did that happen in the comics or did he just have AIDS? I can't I don't remember what happened. All I knew is that he was a homosexual. I didn't know he had AIDS. I think he got AIDS. I, am I am I wrong? Am I putting that on him and it didn't happen? It probably happened because that seems like something the comics would do. It's like Oh my god, gonna, I I, I don't mean to We're gonna make I, we're gonna make one guy gay in the universe. Let's give him AIDS. Did I did I just give him you're AIDS? You're probably like you're probably right. Did you no, you didn't give him AIDS. He got AIDs from a pilot, probably. North Star. This is the issue of North Star's coming out after he adopts a baby that has AIDS. He outs himself to have the cause of the cure for it. Does North Star still have AIDS? So he's still alive. So I think I didn't imagine that. I think I, I you know, this is the internet. It could be lying, but But the best gay character in comics that I during the time that I read them, you know who I'm talking about? Sure. You know who it is, right? Who is the best gay character in comics? Think 90s. Kathy? Midnighter. Midnighter. Oh, from, um, yeah, what was the name of that comic? The Authority. Authority. He was a riff on Batman, right? Yeah. Garth Ennis? Uh, no, that was Warren Ellis, I believe. Warren Ellis, okay. Died of AIDS. Did he really? No, no. <laughs> North Star. I used to love Alpha Flight for some reason. That's That's a... That's a comic that never really took off, right? It wasn't by, that popular. By the way, the only role I'm really, I could be Puck. <laughs> it's probably my lot. Puck was an Alpha Flight, right? Who right. are the other Alpha Flight Sasquatch. Characters? That's all I know. Was, was, was Sasquatch like the answer to, was the was the uh, Great White North uh, Wolverine? He was more like a Hulk, I guess. Or, or did Wolverine, did, did Logan hail from Canada? He did, but. And he I know he had some. Um, they would every once in a while they try to make people buy Alpha Flight by having Wolverine go visit them, right? Oh yeah, they'd yeah. have crossovers. Help! Just like Excalibur or X Factor, it's like let's throw an X Men in there to help our ass. They even did a crossover series, like what was the Age of Apocalypse cross made you buy those comics? It's like I don't know right. if I want to read a comic where Nightcrawler is the leading man, but here I am. You got Hudson as Vindicator. Let's see here. You got Aurora, Snowbird, Guardian, Puck, Shaman, 
North Star. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember Is any Sasquatch of these even in there. Yeah, he's in there, Sasquatch. I don't remember him, but I, I remember happily kind of buying those comics. Well, they were sixty cents at the time. It wasn't as much of a mm-hmm. a powerhouse. Yeah. I would bet that Alpha Flight is no longer in circulation. I don't. I, yeah, I imagine. But that's the thing is, there's some exec in Hollywood probably going, guys, when's when's Alpha Flight's time? Because you know they have to be talking about it. Running out yeah. of running out of the big ones to go. I'd I'd love to see Alpha Flight get made because that's one step closer to Dazzler, which is my dream. Dazzler, I think they made. Oh, they had a TV show, I think, with Dazzler in it. Am I wrong? I know they did Cloak and Dagger, which was another one. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. No, you're probably right. I might be wrong, actually. You're probably you're right. right. I think it. I think it is Cloak and Dagger that you're talking about. You think it's Cloak and Dazzler? Who's she dating? That's what you know. You know who she's dating for sure. You're right. They didn't do a. I I, I woke up recently thinking I should pitch a Dazzler movie. I think it's. It's timeless. It was actually a failure, but I, I kind of like the idea of the movie star thing, the rags to riches, the uh, superpowers and the city of angels, you know, just killing it. They were working on an animated show for her that I guess got put on hold. So, yeah, you could swoop in. Getting Nicole Richie to play her. What was her power? I, I, I remember buying a few of the comics. I think she rock solid hot. <laughs> was she a singer? <laughs> Maybe. It's a bad name for a superhero. If she's hot, she's like a hottie. Like the, she was the an actress. Like I, she, I think she was an actress, but she might have been a singer. Does she have like a? Does she have like mind control? Like does she dazzle people? I think, she I think colors she, floating from her fingers. Like I, I don't remember. I, I want to pitch the the movie because mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. I remember that. I, I I don't think I got past the cover. She's bright. That's all I know. She's bright. Her Kelvin. Right, level. right. Yeah. She, and she wore like a silver suit, like a ne- disco never suit never got to that part. Didn't open. It's it. on the cover. Didn't get past. The name. I didn't even look down. Dazzler is a mutant with the ability to transduce sonic vibrations, which reach her body into various types of light. I think I've proven I should be given the keys to the kingdom here. Super her name high. is Allison Blair. That's her, her actual name. Converts sound vibrations into light and energy beams. Um, Hot. Disco singer. Yeah, that's we're ready for that. Actually, we need and she And she shifted like as the comic grew to other musical genres that weren't. Out of date, I guess. She's a scat artist now. Dazzler made her live action debut in Dark Phoenix. Good God. What a lovely. Which I never saw, did you? I started to. Couldn't get past the cover. I never saw it. I Yeah, I tapped out. But isn't Fastbender in that? Yeah, I mean, he's still in there. All those fucks are in there. But your leading person is, you know, Stark. Who has actually become really fun. Sophie uh, Turner. She's actually Mm -hmm. become kind of a fun persona out there. Why you follow her on Twitter or something? Or no, just uh, she seems to be a vulgar, fun person to be around, kind of a partier and and, and all around swell chap. I've only ever seen her in Game of Thrones. She was fantastic on that show. I thought I liked her. I liked her character, and I thought she was very good on it. She but gets, I don't know her outside of that show. She gets treated well. Doesn't, but then she doesn't die. No, but she she gets she has a rough go. She has a rough go. Who doesn't on that show though? It's sort of the, the rigmarole. Zoom in. So I mean. Let's stop beating around the old bush, though. It's a movie microscope, folks. It's a show where we zoom in. We understand the governor. We rake the nighttime sand. Drink a pint of the unknown. Swelter in the sock. Name drop a rancor. We fucking get all Boris Karloff in this. Put it put it in the steam trunk for a min. Burgeon with the sandness. We fuck. Print some money. Bear our souls to the nightman. We beep the street with the feet heat. <laughs> we waste a weekend in the daddy room. Watch a movie with a set of mistrusted, unbeaten eyes and stare at it. 
see what makes or breaks, share the likes of you, the viewer, and the listener. So we were talking about Stomp the Yard. We wouldn't talk about the scene where Megan Good dances her way into a stunning career, blowing Columbus Short out of the water. Talk about the little moments. And there are zero in today's movie. <laughs> I'm going to zoom in just up top, if that's okay. Bring it. This movie sucks. <laughs> Many moons ago, I said we were going to do two episodes, one for the theatrical cut and one for the director's cut. Luckily, there is a supreme being. We're only doing one. But you said that this is the director's cut. So it, what was this on? Showtime? Yeah. Who who holds this uh, beautiful treasure of a film? So Showtime is streaming it. It says, Showtime says this is uh, 104 minutes long, meaning... It's the director's cut because I believe the theatrical was chopped by 20, 25 minutes and clocked in around, you know, over an hour, just over an hour or something. Written by Aaron Kruger, who is uh, much more vicious and evil than his cousin, Freddie. It's the movie posits the question. Mm -hmm. Sure. What if Shane Black was a diarrhea horseshoe? It does feel like it has a Shane Black influence. Obviously, he watched a Tarantino movie or two and decided, you know what? I'm the best. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own version of that world and it's gonna be excellent. Yeah, John Frankenheimer directed this movie, obviously a legendary filmmaker. John Frankenheimer, jingle bell and shit. His name is my name too. He is direct late in his career, he directed some horrible misfires. He directed um The Island of Dr. Moreau. Then he licked his wounds with this bad boy. Well, he's done masterpieces as well. He has. Including one we've done on this show. What have we done? But I can't remember. Did he do Prophecy? Did he do? He did not do Prophecy. Are you kidding? I don't know. I thought he did. No, no, no. He didn't do Prophecy. No. It was the director that did that movie died. Was that William Girdler? Young. I think so. Frankenheimer did Ronan, though. He did. And he did Ronan right before this. And Ronan's great. Ronan is great. It's, yeah. it's too great. It's too great for this show. No, that's not true. You know what's so, so funny? So I wanted to look up John Frankenheimer's resume. And I Wait a minute. He did do the prophecy. What am I drinking? Let me just take a step back. He did back. do it. Let me take a step back and be right. Why am I? What am I thinking of then? If it, he didn't. Who am I thinking of that died? Frankenheimer did prophecy? Well, no. Frankenheimer did die. So you're right. It is a dead No, man. no, no. There's, the, there's an actor that or director that. Girdler is the guy that did Manitou and then left the planet. Yeah, that's him. I was confusing him with that. Like Manitou, which. It's a movie that I was not expecting to like. I remember when we did it, man, too, and I ended up liking it. The Mixmaster. Hell yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, he did Manchurian Candidate. He did Birdman of Alcatraz. Yeah, but he finally got his shit together much later, and then he did 52 Pickup. Uh, and, Roy Scheider. And Dead Bang. Dead Bang. Holy shit. What's Dead Bang? I don't it was when they familiar. tried to turn Don Johnson into an action hero. I mean, that name, it, it was like they, they had watched all these action heroes in the 80s, and, mm -hmm. and then and the title's like First Blood, Die Hard, you know, Suck Dick. And, and then they're like, well, let's just say, let's just pick two words, Dead Bang. Let's do it. Let's get, let's get, yeah. let's get Johnson in this. Frankenheimer, I, the only thing I know about him is I remember because I was very fascinated by the making of and the unmaking of Island of Dr. Moreau. And Richard Stanley originally was going to make that movie as a young director. And, um, you know, it was very famous what happened. But, I just remember hearing them talk about how, you know, Frankenheimer came in to rescue the movie and was like a bulldog and like, you know, very alpha. And so he, that's how he kind of he died uh, in a car commanded wreck, right? his sets. He did? I thought he died in a car accident. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm right. He, uh, yeah, he, he was, uh, he died from complications and spinal surgery. So I was right. How old was he when he passed away? He was 72. Yeah, he had a great career. Great career. Love. Uh, Worked all the time. Yeah. Black Sunday's great. Seven days in May. Seconds Grand Prix. He killed it. Worked with some greats. Worked with uh, Gary Sinise. <laughs> I saw what you did there. All right. So let's, Nick, we did, we're, we're doing reindeer games here and it's, it's 2000s reindeer games, right? Is that when it was? was it yeah. 2000? It was like one of the first gifts of the millennium. Yeah. And, you know, they almost didn't, they almost didn't make this movie. Frankenheimer was nervous to even to even attempt to make it. Why? You know why? Y2K. Super Zoom. Yeah. He almost didn't do it. He said the world's going to die because of Y2K. Why even make reindeer games then? And um, But he had to work. He said, before I die, I want to work with Benjamin Affleck. Some of our younger listeners may not remember how up in arms people were about Y2K. They were losing their shit. It was such a big deal to be working. And then people were, like, they'd hire companies to come in to basically uh code dates on the computer so it wouldn't screw everything up remember yep it, would, it had to be the biggest scam going to be a company that would like go in there and like yeah we'll fix your calendar unbelievable and, and also you know all the all the things that were stored and you know all the backups and all that hard drives and all this and that they're like man we're gonna get hate fucked man was it a blip i can't even remember did anything ever go wrong yeah, a lot of people wanted a refund, I think. I think that's what went wrong. People like, I remember there were people that were having an end-of-the-world party type shits, you know. In retrospect, I, I, I longed for the days when that was the weirdest global issue that we all had to deal with. I know, I know. I, I kind of wish it would have happened. and knocked out all technology and people have to run around with swords and stuff. I think the big, the big loser in Y2K was Carrie Lowell. She was sort of hoping that they would wipe everything out. Start fresh, mm-hmm. get some work. I, I've heard that before. That was the, she was the biggest loser of Y2K. Yeah, Carrie Lowell. You're not the only person that's mentioned that to me. Yeah, if you ever go, if you go to the Wikipedia page on Y2K, she, there's a picture of her. Anyway, Eddie, yeah. So what's the premise of this of this film, sir? The setup here is that our boy Ben Affleck, the star of the film, is in prison. He's in Iron Mountain Maximum Security Prison because he boosts cars for a living. Nick, he's a car thief, and he got caught red-handed. Caught car, caught car handed, and they slam. They put him in the slammer, and he's roommates with an actor, a British actor, playing American here named James Frain. You may have seen mm-hmm. before, and James Frain's uh, uh, his best bud in here, and in, in, in prison, and he's in prison because he killed a guy that was sassing his girlfriend. He's in there for manslaughter, and so the premise here is that they're about to be released. And whenever Affleck's are released, in a case of mistaken identity, these ne'er-do-wells tap him for a casino robbery. Frayne had been a pen he's... pal. He'd been a pen pal with Well, I'm just sh- giving you the overview. We can get into the details with a, with of what's going on. Sex pot, yeah. Sex pot, Charlize Theron. I didn't remember that Charlize was in this. It was quite a surprise to see her show up. I do remember she was one of the big selling points of this up-and-coming Afrikan actress that was... Uh, kicking ass was this after it had to be after two days in the valley that's her first film i think two days in the valley at least her first american film ben affleck spends about 20 minutes in the valley in this you know so so that's the setup the the beginning of the movie as we're getting to know the characters james frayne his cellmate 
has all these pictures of a beautiful Charlize Theron on his wall. He's like the he has the first Instagram minus the minus the mobile on his prison wall. He's got tons of pictures of her. She is like, rocking some Ashley Judd hair though. Yeah, I got some red hair. And so he is just reading letters from her out loud. Ben Affleck is rolling his eyes, listening in though, and he's like, How do you know this is the girl? This girl's sending you. You don't even know her. She's beautiful. How do you know it's her? She doesn't look like this. It's probably a trick. And uh, all the while, he's kind of falling for her words in the letters. He's falling for her picture. He's mind spanking. Yeah, for sure. He's mind spanking. As he's poo pooing his, his cellmate, who is, is keeps espousing his love for this woman he's never met. And um, so he gets shanked. Now, something happens in the prison right who, before they get released. Who does, he get, who does he get shanked by? You mean the actor? The character and the actor. I know, I'm not familiar with this actor. Okay, the character is called the Alamo, which I thought was great. Yeah. But I did a little bit of poking around. Mm-hmm. And that actor is former NFL player Dana Stubblefield. I, yeah, okay. Who is currently very busy in prison. Is he in prison? Super in prison. He did a little mail fraud after his did NFL he? career. Got involved in some shady shit. And then... He raped a disabled person. Jesus. He, uh, co- so he he courted this disabled person through a babysitter website and then proceeded to have his way with that person. What a piece of shit. Okay, I didn't know this. In a um, film produced by Harvey Weinstein, this is a film ripe with baddies. Lots of shit he hits. Pro- he produced this movie? Oh, yeah. No wonder it got cut, like trimmed to hell if he was involved. Um, cause, Scissor hands. Uh, so anyway um he get the the reason that james frayne gets shanked is because the alamo as you this guy gets out of solitary and he thinks that um ben affleck's rudy his character's name's rudy as a rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and his cellmate's name is nick that's insane guess who did not notice these things you didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) never put two and two together that's fine. Um, and so Rudy's trying to lay low here and just kind of dodge the Alamo because he's like, I don't want to get beat up. A food fight breaks out in the prison cafeteria where Isaac Hayes in a cameo says there's monsters in the gelatin over that, and over That's again. fun. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, and because there's there's cockroaches in this this green jello that the these guys are serving and a, a riot breaks out in Alamo. It's an opportune time to try to stab Ben you just Affleck. Gave me the, you just gave me the shivers. Why? Because I'm just describing this so well. I didn't think you were going to name drop my favorite rock band. What? Green Jello. Forced by mm. forced by the legal department to rename themselves Green Jelly. Do you remember that in the 90s? Mm. I kind of do. It does kind of ring a bell. There was a band called Green Jello, and they were they had to change their name to Green Jelly because uh-uh. I went to, uh, uh, in, in college, a friend of mine... He was in a band, a very talented uh, drummer, and his band was Jello Logic. They never got famous enough, I guess, to get sued. But yeah, he's still he's still out there. I think he's a I think he's a music teacher these days. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's let's say this: James Frain gets stabbed in the gut and bleeds out in front of poor Ben Affleck. He sees his his cellmate die uh, in front of him, and he's grief stricken he can't believe it how could this go so wrong blames himself almost for this and then the guards in the prison are ripping him like they're like hey where's your buddy oh he's your cellmate oh is he is he you know rolling 
bowling balls with the angels, he's out of here, you know? And so the thing is, in James Frayne's dying breath, he says to Ben Affleck, meet my hot girlfriend. Be sure to meet her when you... Plunge your, when plunge you, your manhood in her, at your earliest convenience. When you, when you uh, are released, be sure to... I told this girl I'd meet her, but you meet her now. M-E-A-T. And he said, her. come up with an idea of why your hair isn't curly. So yeah, so Ben Affleck gets released. He sees this beautiful woman in the snow in a silver snow coat, Charlie's Theron. And he's like, should I pretend I'm James Frayne? Because she doesn't know what I look like or or just leave. And he almost leaves and he can't do it. And then he pretends that he's her long, di- you know, her pen pal, right? Her, right? That's what it is, a pen pal. Yep. And so uh, that's what you think is happening. Ben Affleck gets laid. He, he gets, yeah, he gets laid. He, they go to a hotel room and they roll around. They, they're so forceful. They're so passionate in their lovemaking that he, they roll off the bed. That's what they, sometimes they do in movies is they, they kind of fling themselves off the bed because they're so lust, lust filled. Yeah. And um, the screenwriter of Serenity was not taking notes while no. watching this. And so he can't believe his luck. He's like, I'm out of prison. I'm ha- I don't even have to look around. There's just a, the only thing I have to do is lie to this poor woman, pretend I'm someone I'm not. Yeah. Feels a little guilty about it, but not that guilty. Turns out he ain't the only one lying, as we discover. Well, we discover that later. But here's the thing. So in this, in this, you know, few minutes of passionate embracing and sex and just happiness, and they're they're having fun. They're in a hotel and they're playing footsie. They're just running around outside holding hands. He goes back to the room while she gets some you know, ice or some shit. And he's accosted by a group of baddies led by one Gary Sinise named his name is Gabriel in this. But I think they also refer to him as Monster as a nickname. That is very, that's that? very true. Yeah. And get, this is a long haired version of Gary Sinise. Is and I will tell you this. Threw me out. I am not a huge Gary Sinise fan. And I was annoyed at him when he first showed up in this movie. He is my favorite thing in this besides Dennis Farina. You know, I think Charlize is good too, but she's a dumb character. But I like Gary Sinise in this. I st- I started warming to him about halfway through. There are some movie microscope legends in this movie. You mentioned Dennis Farina, Donald Logue For- in this. Donald Logue, who I absolutely love, but he doesn't get much to do in this. Farina is incredible in this movie. He is he gets the only- opposite of incredible in this movie. Oh, he's so good. He's so he his character. He's a casino manager in this. That doesn't want to go to back to Vegas and is trying to make this little like uh, tiny casino work. And at one point he has the line, nobody even comes here to cheat, which I think is great. Farina's great. Like he has a well, he's got awful, he's got good. Some awful dialogue. The whole everybody has bad dialogue in this. I think the only person that really sells it is, is Charlize. Like she can actually do something with some of the bad dialogue. I think the worst off is poor Affleck. He has terrible narration. And it's like phoned in. And then he's just kind of smug through this whole movie. It's hard to root for him. Yeah, this is during the period where they were, um, you know, his, his, he hadn't, he, had, he wasn't an actor yet, really. He was a movie star, yeah. but he wasn't an actor. Like a pretty boy. And yeah. he was, he was trying to sell it with charisma and it just wasn't sticking. I wonder, cause he, he acts in this movie like, honestly, his character and, and, and the way he holds himself in this movie is he, he acts like he's above everything. And I wonder if he, he did feel like that on set because this movie you had to know this was this was a bad one i don't think so because 
The cast is great. And but... it, the pedigree. I, I know that Charlize was excited to work with Frankenheimer. Yeah, but Charlize thinks this is her worst movie. No, yeah, but on. yeah, and she might be onto something. But they all thought they were part of something pretty big. I mean, it was actually a, a very expensive script sale, if I'm not mistaken. It had a lot of heat on it. Just sucked. yeah. Sucked. Let's mention there's a couple other people in this. Clarence Williams the third, which I, did we we did mention him already. Yeah, right? da- yeah. Dan- Daniel Danny Trejo. Yeah, Ichabod. I think we mentioned everybody that's kind of the main actors. But Trejo plays kind of he doesn't get much to do, but he's kind of likable in this movie. He has one of Gary Sinise's like henchmen, right? Part of his gang. Now this is I, this is after Heat. Trejo must have been really getting whiplash in life. He's like, yeah. oh, another heist film. Cool. I've been in. I've been in the best. Let's see where I take it from here. Oops. Uh, Trejo's got a great part in here. He has this little bit. It's the only thing he really gets to do. He has another thing I like, but he has this little bit of dialogue about there should be a sequel to Christmas. There should be a Christmas too, because Christmas is a huge. That's where most of the sales happen. For have fifty percent of the sales for a store happen around Christmas. They should do a Christmas too in the middle of summer. I like that little bit of little bit of dialogue. No, I'm gonna strike that. I love it. There should be zero Christmases. <laughs> um. Anyway, so getting back to what happens is since these guys accost Ben Affleck and beat him up, and they say, "Look, you're gonna. We know you used to work for a casino, which you know he didn't. He's pretending to be a guy that did. You're gonna have to take us and help us rob this casino, since you know the ins and outs." And Gabriel says, oh, "By the way, I'm I'm Ashley, who's Charlie's there. I'm her brother." You know, and he's like, and and Ben Affleck's like, oh shit, you know, what did I walk into? Right. And then the rest of the movie is that's what it that's it's in that mode. What did I walk into? How can I get out of this? How can I escape from these these criminals? It's really like tonally just strange this movie because it kind of wants to be a comedy, I guess, but it's not funny. And then I guess it wants to be clever. It's not clever like heist movie. It's not, and the action's not. I think Frankenheimer obviously was the super wrong choice for this. This like, is a weird, worse soulmate of 3,000 Miles to Graceland, sort of. Another thing that he does in this movie that's so unneeded is he keeps putting characters in, like, deep focus. Like, where some, you know, is that what that means? Like, somebody is, there's a close-up of somebody in the background, they're also clear. Like, it's well, that's it's so it's unneeded like split, and dumb. Split diopter. Yeah, it just you just don't need it in this film. The movie the movie is not stylish except for those shots. Yeah. Like you just don't need it. Now, did Frankenheimer quit this thing? No, I don't think so. I didn't even look at the trivia because I don't care. I he said that he should have been more open to reshoots because I think the test screenings were so bad, and they I know that they delayed it for like a year, and they trimmed it a lot, but they didn't reshoot anything. I think. Uh... And the, and the the big revelation for me watching this was I don't think I like most clean shaven Ben Affleck's. No, it's like all the movies that I sort of like him in or love him in, there's stubble or a beard or something. Because he still has, I mean, he's obviously older now, but he still has that fresh face. Got a baby face. Yeah, yeah and I think it, it 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 makes it harder to buy him in these kind of movies. Like I said, he's he looks smug in this. He's hard to root for for sure. And I think it doesn't help that after a while you just get tired of him. Like just trying to do the same thing, which is escape, which you should actually want him to do if you like his character. You should want him to get away. But uh, I, I want to, you, you know, you know the heist is going to happen anyway, so as all of it's pointless. Like you know, he's not going to get escape. I do like, I do like what his dream is, what his end game is. Yeah, to get to get a mug of hot chocolate. 
yeah, have have leftovers and have Christmas dinner with his family and just watch the game and hang out. You remember the town he comes from? No. Sidna in this. Sidna, yeah, they have a sign for it later. At the end, yeah. He says, in, in a bit of narration at the beginning, he says, it's been forever since I've known a holiday. I thought that was a very strange thing to say. True. Since I've, I had to rewind it a couple of times. Since I've known a holiday, you don't agree? That sounds strange to you? I think it's it's poetic. It's a, I, I'm starting to like this movie. Oh my god! There's monsters in the gelatin. In the jello. Is he say gelatin or jello? He says gelatin, and and they're cockroaches. But he he freaking calls them monsters. That's what's so cute. It's adorable. Isaac Hayes, big... Isaac Hayes also a piece of shit. Is he bad? Why he's dead? He died. You could be a piece of shit and dead. Well, I don't. I've never heard he was a piece of shit. What do you mean? Isn't he like a super Scientologist? Maybe. I think he was a super Scientologist to the point where he used to voice a character, a chef on South Park, and he yeah, because he he got offended by their Scientology episode and they fell out. I thought he was a douche. I, I could be wrong. Great musician though. Well, at least like two songs. Dead. You're right. Super dead. What's, um, what's, right, what's so, the worst scene in this movie? Because I have a very strong opinion about one. And it's probably the most try-hard scene in the movie. Well, one of the scenes I wrote down that I really hated, there's a, there's a whole sequence. So it's not a scene. It's like a sequence of events where Ben Affleck is handcuffed by the ankle in his hotel room to a bed. And he he gets out. He gets free of the handcuff and gets out of a window, tries to escape through it. Like a, there's a truck out there looks for a gun in the truck. Anyway, all this stuff happens where the bad guys keep coming out of the hotel. He has to get, he finds out that he can't get away and he has to get back to the hotel room. And there's so much running around in the hotel. In the meantime, he finds out during this whole sequence that Charlie's in the pool. Charlie's is in the pool with Gary Sinise and she is topless. They're making out and she gets topless. He realizes that they're not siblings, hopefully. And um, that he, and they say out loud that they're pulling a fast one on Ben Affleck. Frozen as fuck. They are. And, and, and yeah, and, 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 and so he says, he says, uh, Charlie's like, he has, he, like, in order for this to work, he has to find me hot or something. That's like, that's her big plan that works, I guess, or was working. But that whole sequence where he's just run around the hotel by vending machines and stuff is pretty awful. Obviously, you have a different one in mind. Is it when he's shaking with, when he, is freezing and is acting cold. That's a bad one too. Nope. It's Athletic. the scene where he tries to get the upper hand and forces him to watch him eat a piece of pie. It's bad. You're right. That is a tough scene. It, and, and it's it's not Affleck's fault. He's got an awful job to do there. It's just so poorly mm-hmm. written. It's it's so Quentin Tarantino wannabe writing. It's, it's It really yeah. hurts. Yeah, so he... So you know the the the, tri- the gag here is they think they think I guess they think I mean I don't they sort of some of the people think you know like Gary Sinise's crew thinks this guy Ben Affleck is is James Fran's character that it worked at this casino so they think he's got the the inside goes goes in the casino the whole movie is him pretending that he knows what's in this casino making stuff up or making half truth half truths up anyway the sequence Nick is talking about he finally agrees to spill the details in the casino but he. He wants to eat first, so they're waiting patiently as he as he slowly eats a pie, and he's like scraping the plate right to get every last bit of it, and torturing them. It made like a buzzing sound. Yeah. And speaking of buzzing sounds, you're 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 a tattoo artist, and uh, <laughs> so they, they, uh, you know it is. 
that's bad. There's a scene when he, like I was saying, that Charlie's falls into a frozen lake as they're these guys are shooting at 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 them when Ben Affleck's trying to escape again, and uh, they both he she falls through the ice. He chase he throws like he dives in after her. Um, anyway, he spends the next ten minutes with a blankie over him and freezing, and he has to do some cold acting, and it's bad. Like it's not he's not. I believed he was room temperature at least warm in those scenes okay i wasn't buying i wasn't buying that he was really cold that is a roundhouse zoom do you is it easy i was trying to think is it easy to act cold i don't think it's that hard that's why i was unimpressed like i think you should be able to pull that off it's acting 101 that's the first thing they teach you how to act cold right yeah Yeah, exactly you're doing a great job thank you that's it that's i'm cold and i've Soon I've acclimated, you know, just stomp your feet a few times. You go, you're good. He was, uh, he was overdoing it. Like his whole body was shaking. Now, look, when you're cold and you, you've been in icy waters. Yeah. You're going to have, you might be having some hypothermia happen. I don't know, but he should have, he should have done the research. He should have done the legwork and watched some cold people. Yeah. Well, he went to hypothermia. He winged class. it. Yeah. He winged it. Dale, Dale died. Does he teach? Does he teach? Uh, does he take him to cold camp? Yeah, yeah. Does he to teach actors to be cold? Yeah, he taught him the Eisner technique. It was. Uh... <laughs> There's a weird part where they have they have this big truck like this because they're truckers. Gary Sinise and the crew. That's where the monster comes from, I think. And he never. Um, Ben, you know, Rudy finds out these guys never even pulled a robbery before. And he's like, oh, my God, I get, not only do I have to wing all this stuff, but then these guys never even done this. And so he's in the back, one of these big rigs. Donald Logue is um, kind of watching over him. And behind Donald Logue is like a child's drawing. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. Of a of a horse's rear end, like a horse's ass. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's I had to pause it because there is a big like in crayon, like um, caption to it. Um, and it's elaborate. And it says, on this picture, this drawing, this rendering of a horse's rear end, it says there are more of these, which is talking about the horse's ass, than horses. There are more horse's asses in the world mm-hmm. than horses. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. By the way... I didn't ex- I didn't expect the movie to hit that hard. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> now, you that you threw a zoom at me, like, hard and fast on the phone earlier about mm-hmm. Donald Logue. Apparently, you said he replaced another actor. I got a couple zooms on Donald Logue. But, the, yeah, he re, for this movie in particular, uh, he replaced Vin Diesel, who was going to play his character Pug. I believe at one point that the big story, the legend, the legendary story of this is that Vin Diesel that Frankenheimer had asked him to take his shirt off uh, for a scene, you know, because, you know, Diesel's jacked as hell back then. Right. And um, he said he only takes his shirt off in Vin Diesel movies. I th- and I think he said, that I think he mentioned line. his guns. I think his guns were mentioned in that. You know, but, but Ben Affleck plays a car thief. And I don't know if you know this, Vin Diesel went on to do very well playing a similar character. I didn't know. I didn't know that. But um, they said the other the, the trivia for this movie didn't have that. But they said that the reason he left this movie is to do Fast and Furious. That he got offered the lead in that. You think he's or one of the he leads. likes the choice? 
Yeah, I think he made a good decision. I think uh, we were talking about this as well. I love the idea of a parallel universe where Dominic Toretto is played by Donald Logue. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Riddick. You know, Pitch Black featuring Donald Logue as these, this fucking Furian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then maybe maybe Vin Diesel gets Terriers. You know, it's not a bad trade-off. That's not, yeah, maybe. Vin Diesel's made three good decisions in his career. Okay, let, let, me, let me see if I can guess them. Okay. Holding a Corona really awkwardly. That's one. No, okay, so... Th- mm-hmm. Fast and Furious. Yep. I'm gonna leave, Left this movie for Fast and Furious. I'm going to leave Find Me Guilty out of this. Uh, doing the short film Multifacial. That was the movie that got him into Hollywood, right? Spielberg. Short, Spielberg, yeah. Spielberg love it. And then I would say, mm-hmm. um, are you going to go Pitch Black? Tui? I think we're, no, I, no, I think we, we're going to say the same thing. Gifting himself to the world of Babylon AD. I, that's fair. Lending his tremendous talent to round out the world that we have come to know as the Babylon AD verse. You yeah, know, yeah. I uh, I was ever expanding IP. I was finally introducing that to my kids this week. They've been begging. We got it handled, and they're like, uh, "Can we next week? Can we watch the Man Apart series?" I was like. That will dovetail very nicely into Lorenzathon that we're working on. That's right. Lorenz Tate. Is he in a man apart? Yep. I'm trying to think of the the pedigree of Babylon AD. Like it's just there's just no comparison. I just who did that movie? Who who directed it? Remember it was did like it, an actor? Did I make this distinction? Matthew Matthew he's an actor. Cass Cassovitz. Yeah. He's a French. He was, he's a, a, he was he, an anomaly. He Maybe, drew- but he was also in um, he was also in uh, the Spielberg movie that you like Munich. Uh, Munich. I think he was in that. No, no, he. No, you're thinking of the star of Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Muniz. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, he was in Munich, yeah. and he definitely Munich was is- anomaly. He was definitely anomaly. Um, By the way, was- that's a movie that I loved with every fiber of my existence. The one time I saw it. And never wanted to see it again. Really? I really liked it, too. Um, Audrey Tateau. Is that how you say her name? Audrey Tateau? Hell yeah. I thought she was going to be everywhere. She's still killing it? She's still out there? Speaking of Tateau, you hear a buzzing sound. <laughs> uh, we got to get through it, man. I mean, this is a tough one. I, I have to say, Nick, I told you that I think this might be the worst movie we've done, but you don't agree. You don't. You definitely said you don't agree. I certainly don't agree. What do you think is the worst we've done? Well, we did. Uh, I mean, we did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Kate Fear. <laughs> I see. I don't. This is not about good or bad, man. It's about zooming we in. We didn't do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We absolutely did. Think... We saw it in the theater and did it right away. And I got some flack for not being too giddy about it. Like I was. I was. We did. I, I was. Don't think a, we zoomed in. We on absolutely it. did. I was a little cold on it, and I got I got ripped for it because I didn't just blow it right out of the gate. I don't think we did it. I know we did it. I don't think we did. Two hundred thousand million billion percent, we did it. What tattoo did I get? I think it was pre tattoos. We did it that early. I think so. I, please tell me I'm not lying. I. I, I 
it's oh my god you're so right we did it uh july 26 2019 nick and justin dig deep into quentin tarantino's latest fable they discuss the ichabod jawed <laughs> they discuss the ichabod jawed legends over <laughs> his love of feet and his delightful use of language they also get knee deep into bruce dern i don't remember doing it what do we talk about the movie i'm hoping yeah that movie is it's a shame because his movies i think tarantino and the coen brothers are the two examples of guys and 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 Wes Anderson maybe to an extent where you can't you got to let it seep in and you need to see it again, yeah, right? Because like with Wes Anderson, I fall in love with the visuals, I fall in love with the playfulness of it, right. uh, and I instantly worship it. And then sometimes upon repeat viewings, it either loses a little bit or it just becomes even deeper. And Tarantino, like once upon a time, the first time I saw it, I dug it; it was cool. But now I, I absolutely it's a, it's an essential movie. And I feel okay. that way about like Burn After Reading. I was yeah, cold. I need to I was, and that. Oh Brother. Like, I was cold on it. Too. I was cold. I was sort of cold on both of those movies the first time I saw them. And now there is. I was cold on Lebowski at first. I, I was disappointed in Lebowski, which I ended up loving. And then for Wes Anderson, I remember I saw Bottle Rocket and I didn't know what to make of it. I, I had heard good things about it, but I didn't really love it. And then I thought about it forever. And I ended up like loving it, but it, by the time I saw it again, I ended up, couldn't wait to watch it again. And by the, by the time I saw it again, I, I was it was like my favorite film. So, yeah, that one I still haven't fallen in love with. I love it so much, but I mean, I I kind of like every one of his films. I, the only thing I, I have to see again is a movie you said you really like, which I've only seen once. The one about the train, the three brothers. I can't remember. What's oh, oh uh, yeah, great Darjeeling. No, see, that's not a great movie. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a weird movie. I just found it incredibly emotionally moving, which is right. I haven't seen it since that first theater experience. So I don't ever want to see the movie again because it, it, it was sad. It is sad, yeah. You know, because and, and honestly, when um when Owen Wilson was going through all of his stuff, uh that movie was like so I don't know why, it just it made it even that much more powerful. Anyhow, Rex Fuller in this movie, by the way. Yeah, he has a mailbox. <laughs> uh, he had a very intricate. I uh, wrote it down too. His mailbox was beautifully uh, adorned with his name, and and it was very decorated. Well, well decorated. I didn't know what the. Co- I mean, I don't know if that was a reference or whatever, but it was. They made it very, very much a focal point in that. By the way, so can I tell you that what? they filmed? So they. This does have sort of lineage tied to a film we've done in the show before. Mm-hmm. It was filmed precisely in the same location where they filmed Dreamcatcher, because I was actually there. Filmed right there where they did Dreamcatcher. A cursed location, apparently, huh? <laughs> I don't know what the Jeez. fuck you're talking about. So I'm going to go through some plot points here real quick. The heist, they have to go do some um, uh, surveilling of, of the casino. Affleck's uh, trying to say he's by, he kind of keeps trying to buy time and then lie and then say things happened and that that didn't and he said that they've remodeled the casino since they've been there and so he's gonna have to go inside to do some uh reconnaissance to check it out and they give him a disguise and he's dressed as like a as a cowboy like with a fake beard right like a fake mustache and, and um, giant glasses too and there's a cameo from ashton kutcher in here i don't and think so it, the, it's not a cameo if they were unknown was he not was he not known at this time i was i just assumed it was he was just a young working actor at that point 
I think he, I think he was a star a little bit already, right? Oh, that dog shit TV show he was on. Don't ever. That seventy show, which I love. Are you kidding? Oh, I love that show. I really do like it. I mean, there's hot people in it for sure. This is pre-him playing Steve Jobs, by the way. So that's how I look at the world. Like, what was life before Ashton played Steve Jobs and life after? You know what? You're totally right. He only had two movies under his belt. And yeah, and, and, and the 70s show aired, it started in late 1998, and I don't think it hit its stride until a couple of years after. So yeah, he plays a guy that Affleck, he puts, he says, wear my disguise, I'll give you $100. They gave, they gave uh, Affleck like 100 bucks to gamble with. And then he he so as as you know Ashton's like running out of there, he he try he goes the other way, tries to escape. It's one of his many attempts to escape this crew. Anyway, so they eventually do rob the casino dressed as Santa Clauses, which sucks. That's the big thing. Sucks. And you know, at the beginning of the movie, you see a bunch of dead Santa Clauses, like all like burned and and shot in the fake snow, and they're all just like dead bodies. Anyway, so yeah, that's the big thing. They're going to do a heist. Dressed as Santa's, and they do, and everything goes wrong. It goes wrong. People get shot. But then you find out, you know, and Affleck already knows this: is that there's been a double cross that Charlize knew who he really was and has been tricking him to help. But he already knew this. But there's another double cross. Yep. After all this stuff unfolds, is that you find out James Frain, his cellmate from the beginning, is still alive, and he really is Charlize's boyfriend. For real, they knew each other. They're setting the Affleck up the whole time. And they were setting up Gary Sinise and his crew up the whole time. And now they're all dead. And Charlie's kills Gary Sinise, who is who looks very dumbfounded at the end. I feel bad for him. I don't. And then they kill then they both kill Ben Affleck and they get away with all the money. No. Oh no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> they get super killed and fall a great distance. So I don't. So there's a couple of things I don't understand here. One thing I do like that happens that I actually kind of love is Ben Affleck. Like, so he they come back for him. Like, all the stuff goes wrong, but they do get the money, and so it's just the three of them: it's Charlize, Gary Sinise, and a tied up Ben Affleck. And Gary Sinise tells Ben Affleck that they're gonna kill him, and then his guys, his crew, they're they're waiting in heaven to kick his ass. You know, they, they you know they're they're waiting in the afterlife. For, for him to die so then they can beat him up in the afterlife. I did like that bit. Fucking Mark. Then, You're just such a fucking Mark. I just like picturing those guys in heaven. You know? This makes me happy. Yeah, the, so I like that. And then that's it. Like, everything else is horrible. Like, as soon as Frayne shows back up whistling, because he, like, whistles in the prison, he's, like, singing, like, whistling a Christmas song, you just know that this movie is the worst. It, it was already bad. But the fact that he's still alive, and then the, their whole the whole plan was to like to pull off a casino heist with an idiot and like idiot crew. Like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make like, any why sense. would they? See, I thought you yeah. were going to say that you really loved about this film because I did like this. He's at gunpoint. He's about to die, and he uses that time to kind of shame Charlize about James Frain's character that he really did care about her, and she really did make a difference in his life. He was actually kind of. Going to bat for his friend at his, I mean, at, not pleading for his own life, not being a smart ass, actually kind of celebrating how, what it meant to his life. Of course, right after that, he shows up whistling and sucks. I thought it was kind of neat that Affleck showed a little bit of, of character. His character showed a little bit of love there, Rudy. Dig this. No, I like that part. That was fine. It was kind of like a nice. No, but when, when they, do you think there were people 
who saw it coming that Frame was going to come back because like there is no way they're going to hire a James Frame and kill him off in the first 15 minutes of the movie. There's no way they're going to hire a, a James Frame and ungrace our eyes that quickly. It's it's one of the worst twists I've I've seen in a movie in a long time. I don't know if people were still in the theater at this point. They might have missed this whole thing, you know. But it's certainly like, you know, and Charlize has to she has to do so, several like pivots here with her innocent character and then she has to play like a villainess just play like an action hero and she you know she's good she can do all this it's just such a waste she also has um, to be naked with two people right yeah she has to get naked in this this is early on in her career I think she was naked in two days in the valley as well she was yeah that, that's the first movie i think that's her first movie and that's a very memorable memorable part of a not memorable film i think is also I, another tarantino riff it was i have a feeling that movie is kind of an interesting curiosity in retrospect Granted, She's granted, with... it's Hersfeld who did the unforgettable yeah, "Reach Me," but something about if I'm, isn't that... which I do remember that we did zoom in on that. Isn't, isn't that Stoltz and Spader together though? Spader's the lead. There's in it. no way a... it, it can't be that bad if it's got Stoltz and Spader. So Spader doesn't he hit his like quirk in that is he's got like a glasses a stopwatch or some dumb thing where he like starts his watch and then he like you know like I'm gonna shoot you and when this thing counts down like and I think Charlie's is his girlfriend and it's like isn't Peter Bogdanovich in it or something it's got like it's it's got it's just a I can't remember it being good I re- it's got a big cast I remember liking it we should we but should also it. finding it a bit boring. But anyway, Charlize, like I said, like she's good. Like she's always good in things. All right, we are. She was we, okay. Pause. We're absolutely doing this movie. All right. Because I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go down the cast and get okay. you, get you hard right here on on live television. Danny Aiello. <laughs> first thing you said. Jeff Daniels. The first name. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels in this. Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. By the way. One of the worst rest in pieces, Glenn Headley. Pe- so good all the time. Peter Horton, Marsha Mason. Peter, Ho- yeah. Peter Horton, thirty, Mister Thirty Something himself. Yeah, you said who, who Linda was- Hamilton's beau. First, and he was in. Um, he showed up in singles. He was in the for like. He was in one second. of the one of the best movies ever made, Children of the Corn. Marsha Mason. Oh, Mason. Paul Mazursky. That's who you got mixed up with. Well, Donovan, yeah, I did. Thinking. I'm not done. Spader, Stoltz, Charlize, Keith Carradine. Louise Fletcher, your favorite Austin Pendleton. I do like an him. early Michael Jai White. Oh wow! And a, a late, latter Lawrence Tierney. That's 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 a great cast. It's stacked. And I, I remember Danny Aiello being super annoying in this movie for one reason or another. I don't remember why. There's something to do with a dog, and it might have to do with that. Yeah, I think you're right. We'll definitely do it. Um, we're doing every film. We are. We'll do it. Um, but yeah, so Charlize, like I said. She would show up in like kind of roles like with like these nothing roles sort of and just be good. And so thankfully they she you know they kept giving her better and better roles. Was um, what was their big breakthrough? Cider House? I think that was big. I mean, you know, Devil's Advocate was a hit, so that probably helped her. Uh, I'm trying to think of early Charlize films. What she's in the astronaut's wife, right? Wasn't she in that? Oh my god. Which one? Poor Charlize. Of course she was. Was she in the astronaut's wife? Yeah. She played uh, the title character. She did. Yeah. And the key, but, was it Keanu? For Astronaut's Wife? No, it was uh, Depp. 
she was in one with Keanu that had a similar Devil's Advocate. No, no, another one. Like she was in Sweet November. Sweet November, right, right, right. Yeah. She was the title character in that as well. That movie is weird. I watched it on a plane. Sad. Weird. Yeah, well, like, she's cancer. She's, she's cancer in it. Does she leave? I think she probably does die. I don't think she gets better, does she? I don't think so. I think she leaves. I think she gets AIDS. Then she, oh, you know what was a big movie for her is Monster. Well, that was after. That was after. But that, that, was, that was not that long after after um, this movie. That may be why she oh, that, that may be why she took this movie. Yeah, we're forgetting the biggest one. Because Gary Sinise played Monster. She's like just boning up. Truck Driver Monster. It's like I did she did two movies with Truck Driver Monster. Oh my god, Cider House Rules was before this movie. No fucking way. Yeah, and so was Devil's Advocate. Oh jeez. What what's Oh, she was in the thing you do before two days in the Valley. That doesn't even count. I think you do. No, she, that was a big, big no, movie for her. Nobody for fucking first. fucks. Nobody <laughs> Fuck! Nobody remembers her from that thing. You fuck. That's a shit. That's a shit movie. It's a shit movie, man. I think they do remember her from it. No, Liv Tyler. No, she in that. She is. Yeah. You know, I never saw that movie because it was. I hated how how uh, happy it, it looked. The trailer I was like, this looks too fucking happy to be alive. Right. Right. Oh my God, she was in. She was in Eon. Remember Eon Flux? Of course I do. I, I think I went on the set of that, or I. She's she's got some good shit, man. You saw Old Guard, obviously. I tried to. What happened? I, I fell asleep. Quite. It's not good. I rocketed to sleep watching that. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like the I like the atomic. <laughs> I like. The, <laughs> I like the atomic blonde. <laughs> of course. I mean, she was great in it and it had some great action sequences. It was a nonsense movie. It made like no sense. I didn't think um, it was another one of those weird like movies that they had like a a weird twist in it. Right? Wasn't McAvoy piece of shit pulling the strings or something? I don't know. Maybe he was telegraphed his bag the whole time. I can't remember. He wants to thing. rape her. Suicide block. Oh my <laughs> god! Isn't that the lyrics? No. The in it. The in, in excess song? Yeah. No, it's it is Suicide Blonde, but I don't think he says. <laughs> I know you're not asking seriously. As no, I that's what I, I never knew the lyrics, but it's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, I don't think that they wrote "He wants to rape her" in a in a song. I'm gonna crash Google and type lyrics to Suicide Blonde. I, I bet yeah. you I'm close. I bet you you're not. Maybe it's it's probably not. Let's see. Oh yeah, okay. You want to make her Suicide Blonde? Talking about a makeover. Oh, yeah. okay. Wait, though. She's stripped to the beep but her clothes stay on. White light everywhere. You can't... I don't know. If you read the other lyrics, get some revelation put into your hands. Uh, save you from your misery. I don't know, dog. Yeah, you're right. I think you're you're correct. You've 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 corrected your... You've, you've, you've built your case, Nick. Might as well say he wants to rape her. <laughs> well, I mean... In Suicide Block. Why else? I mean, Hutchins... The, the guilt obviously took its toll. You know, he milly vanilli. R.I.P. Um, here's the thing. Was it Nick? Fab Morvan or Rob Pilatus that took the secret loss? What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. Which one? I'm going to say Rob Pilatus. I'm going to say Rob Pilatus. Fab Morvan would never do that. Everybody knows what? him. Knows do what? Knows. Take oneself out. Did he kill himself? I think he choked. I think he did the same rope death. He did not. Look, I don't. Did they ever conclusively say that's what happened to Hutchins, or is that always just a rumor? No, he's he did he he autoerotic asphyxiation. 
Rob, Pol- sure? yeah, Rob Pilatus, poor dude, man. That's who. That's who it was. I, I knew Fab Morvan would never do it. I mean, everybody who knows it would knows he'd never do it. <laughs> I told you he choked himself. He died from an overdose. God damn it! Overdose of being awesome. <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, he, they remember how much how hated they were. Like they were so hated. I the thing I love yeah. is the the who cares. It wasn't like the, it was. Uh, it wasn't like it op- shouldn't have been that hated. It shouldn't have been that. They, people should not have been that. It wasn't mad about a vocal it. performance to be jealous of, even with the fake no. singers. No, people got so up in arms about it, and it was like it was like they had like done the worst thing of all time. And it and really what they did was they just got hired to be pretty boys, right? To be like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and look at the world now. Everybody's it's all the idol and all this shit. That's all it is. Had other time. Yeah, they were well. This guy died young, thirty-two. Yeah, he, he died, but Fab Morvan still walks. That piece of shit. He's a survivor. Hey, hey, it's all right. All right, so movie ends. Thank God, you're worried. Yeah, well, that's the yeah. It is. It is ending. That's the thing about this movie. It did end. Frankenheimer made that decision. I like that decision. He ended it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't like how he ended it with um. Van Affleck spends the last 30 minutes of this movie in a Santa suit. At the end, he takes all the money that they had, the two bags of casino money that this somehow failing casino has millions of dollars in the coffers. The tomahawk. And he starts... The tomahawk. The tomahawk. Yep. And he starts to put stacks of bills in people's mailboxes. Uh, you know, a real-life Santa Claus, so to speak. That sucks. I don't like that. And then, then he has like a voiceover that he's talking about his dad, watching games with his dad, and all that stuff he liked. And then it ends with like him in a Santa suit sitting at a family dinner. He is not in the Santa suit anymore. He's in normal clothing, and he has this shit-eating grin on his face. It's not a good look. Yeah, he's in normal clothing. He's in the Santa suit. I stand corrected. No, he. I guess he's not. What is he wearing? An Oxford button-down T-shirt. What, give me the. Give me the zoom here. He's in home clothes. What's he wearing. He's in home clothes. He's in home clothes. Oh, okay. Thank you. Is he at home clothes? He got his home clothes? That's nice. Never talks about his mom, right? He just talks about watching a game with his dad. Yeah. Daddy's boy. That's what I picked. Well, this was written before people cared about mothers, you know? It's true. 2000. Yeah. You're right. Fucking Harvey Weinstein, though. What a winner. Look. He's in jail. He's he's sucking on a jail cell right now. He's in jail. (laughs) I wish that were accurate. He is. Remember, he keeps trying to get murdered. Like he, you know, he keeps, he keeps trying, trying to, to get murdered. Mercy, like he, oh. keeps, he keeps saying it's hard in here. Like it's tough. I got COVID. I got bad food. Like, come on, guys, let me out. And you said the other day, I remember you pulled me aside and you said they should let him out. I did. I said, yeah. What What did he really do that was all that bad? By the way, CGI mm-hmm. Jeff Garland in this, huh? You're talking about. You didn't hear about this? They see. see oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he's been. He kind of got fired from the, the show the goldbergs because he was doing uh, he was acting an ass on set right like he was like king t yeah he was acting a fool and they cgi'd him into the scene the saddest day the guy goes to freaking some college learns how to do all this digital daring do and god damn it <laughs> he gets a call in the middle of the night we need you to get down to cbs studios pronto get down the 405 man we need you to do the job we need to Oh, did, wait, is this like a Mandalorian, like a surprise? Like we're going to, we're going to have a secret cameo of, you know, General Voorhees. <laughs> no, no, it's, we need you to fake a Jeff Garland. We got a, we got a fatty to stand there 
and then we just you need to put his shiny head up on it. You need to pull Olivia Soprano. It's fucking gross. Put his his lip bulge on there too. Make sure you get it accurate. By the way, Jeff Garland, I bought one of his uh, comedy albums back in the day. And it's not awful, but he tells he's a storyteller. But he's got his catchphrase sucks. He thinks he thinks it's really funny. He calls everything like a big bowl of like that's a big bowl of nothing. You know, he uses this big bowl like everything's a big. Right. And he thinks it's funny and it's never funny. I thought it'd be great if um, he got fired and the people in the studio are like here's a big bowl of your walking papers. You know, definitely a lucky person that he hitched his wagon to um, a real talent. I can't imagine there would be much call for Jeff Garland if he hadn't been on Curb. I mean. What is he doing other than that? He was a comedian like, for a long it, time, but yeah, you're right. Was he on like shows and stuff? I can't. I don't remember him pre curb He was. Really. He, he he sort of popped up from time to time. He was. He's been in the business quite a while, but he was one of those nobodies until. He's pretty funny on Curb. I'll give him that. He's great on Curb. Yeah, and actually, mm-hmm. he, he was being a dick, and he hated he hated the job. It manifested in a dumb way, but I think it was just he was just disgruntled and just didn't care, and he just wanted to see what it would take i think but that's not excusing it but at least he didn't like hurt somebody or do something stupid other than be a douche i don't, I don't know i don't know what down on the behind the scenes on the goldbergs but they don't need to put up with those antics and the set, can, especially when you can cgi them an essential show i think we all agree i've never seen i've never seen it it's got good at got a uh, wendy mcclendon covey i think is her name on it yeah from she, Reno 911. She came out and spoke about the uh, situation. She'd been keeping it mum. What'd she say? She said uh, it, it sucked. Did she stick up for him she, or did she, she say a good riddance? She did not stick up for him. She said he was hard to work and with. And then she said he did not read the seven steps of highly successful people and then plugged her, her cousin's book. <laughs> Look, you're a buzzing sound. Tattoo artist is wh- whipping it and whirring it. Are you in a Santa suit? Peel back that cloth and let's get some tat on you. What you, yeah. what you getting? For sure. I know what I have. Let's hear it. So you you kind of poo-pooed his participation, but I was a big fan of Dennis Farina in this film. I love when he shows up. You know, he he was the highlight of the movie we watched with Bruce Willis. What's that one called? Shattered Dreams the, or something? The Prince? No. Striking Distance? Striking Distance. Shattered Dreams, same thing. Um, Johnny Hates Jazz. And so uh, he gets shot at the... You know, he has a he's what happens is he pulls some guns. Nick, we forgot to mention the powwow safe. No, and he, it was intentionally not mentioned. He pulls some guns that are hidden in the powwow safe. He, he fires on the bad guys. He himself gets shot. And they his his final scene is he's slumped in a chair. Uh, it looks like because he's been shot. It looks like he might be dead. So I would have a that exact picture uh, tattooed onto my um, maybe my hip. And it's a Farina slumped in a chair, possibly still alive with a question mark hanging over him. Right. And so did, is this a question that the universe can please answer me? And I, I haven't gotten my answer yet, but I want it. So someday that's my goal is to have someone answer my tattoo. Maybe I should put it somewhere a little more prominent than my hip. Farina dead in this, dead in Snatch, dead in real life, sad. Back of my hand. That's where I'll put it. What about you? So right over, like... You know, I, I got my tits out. I, I, I have uh, I've shaved a heart in my chest and they tattooed mm-hmm. a beautiful heart right there, like a, a classical heart. Yeah. And it says I heart Millie Bobek. Charlize's real name. Her her fake name in this is Ashley. Yeah, but it's like Millie Bobek. I, I, I want it to be a super deep cut for the real people out there, for the real true ones. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is I'll walk through like the, the, the mall during black Friday and I will peel down my shirt just enough so you can see that entire heart and just get and stare at people until they stare back. Then they read it. And then if I get a look of recognition, maybe a wink, little head nod, I know I found a real one. I love it. Yeah. It's a good, this is a good, this is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting for my head nod when people see my tattoo too, so I could find a real one. And they're like, and they answer to my question. They're like, oh, alive. Millie Bobek, I love the grass is greener over the septic tank. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Help me with that one. That's a, that's a good, it's a good one. Little Irma right. Bombeck, mistaken <sighs> identity there. You know what I'm saying? I'm familiar with that name. I, I know, I know, I just don't know the name of her book. Is that the name of her yeah, book? Her books. I read it. Big Bird. Big you did, huh? You you read some Irma Bombeck as a child. Irma, it's a good name. It's a missing name from the from today. Yeah, people, you don't you don't meet a lot of Irmas. Irma Deuce, right? See, Famous movie. Shirley MacLaine. People aren't naming their babies Irma. Well, wow, it's not a bad name, Irma. It's you're right, Irma. Yeah, because it could be a boy, it could be a girl, it could be a, a scroll, and then you could their nickname could be about to get in this. Irma about to get in this, you know. Yeah, Erm for short. Yeah, Erm. Here comes Erm. <laughs> is Erm coming over tonight? Because Irma is a mouthful. Yeah, you're sh shorting any name. You always get it down to Irma, you know, to, to, to the first. What do you shorten Pete to? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's kind of short enough. Pete, Pete. I guess you have to long when it gets when it's already short enough. You got to elongate it to get the nickname. Is that is that how they do it? Yeah. Look, yeah. movie's over. The credits have rolled, re re revealing that it was filmed in Prince George, Canada. Uh, and also revealing a Reebok sponsorship, uh, which did roll past my eyes. But lo and behold, there's a stinger at the end there—a little extra shit. What, what Reebok participated in yeah. this? How they weren't—they didn't have their movie taken off or their name taken off the. That's interesting. So, but are you, are you telling me uh, Ben Affleck was wearing Reeboks in this? Sunise had Reeboks. The crew is wearing Reeboks in this. Really? Harvey Weinstein was playing three-dimensional chess during the pre-production phase of this movie. He's like, I'm going to get the hottest shoes in the land. This movie would really benefit from shoes where there's a rectangle cut into the leather. Not on my time. You're not criticizing Reeboks on my time. That's the, that's the Cadillac of tennis shoes. Are they still around? They're still around, but they lost they lost a step or two. So people don't love to wear Reeboks anymore? No, they'll come back. I mean, everything comes back. I think they actually sort of have come back a little bit. Have they? Yeah, but not. I mean, they're never going to cut into, you know, ASICs territory. Hell no. New Balance. I got some New Balance over here. Those are cool shoes, right? Everybody, anybody wearing New Balance is cool. What's your What's your go to sneak? I'm an Adidas Skechers? guy. Skechers. I'm an Adidas. Adidas, guy. huh? But I am. I'm liking the On Clouds a little bit, but they're so pricey. I don't buy a lot of them. On Clouds. I don't... You've seen them. You've seen them. You just you can't tell. You, nobody knows the real name because it just the logo is like looks like weird hieroglyph. But yeah, what's your stinger? I had one, but now I can't remember. Did you say one? Not yet. So okay. we, 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 we pull in on Farina, slumped on that chair, and he sort of regains a little consciousness. You could see some light behind those eyes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he's in this casino. It's been shot up, but there's still machines going and all that. Sure, yeah, yeah. And he is, uh, there's a bright light, and he, and he knows that he's about to go to the heaven. But he hears the voice of an angel. At least he thinks it's an angel off in the distance. Mm -hmm. The last thing he hears echoing from across the room is somebody saying, Oh, you bun! <laughs> so someone hit it hit it big in the casino, huh? Yeah, somebody had a big win. You want to zoom in for the listeners? Yeah. So whenever <laughs> when Nick and I play, we go to the casino sometimes. Whenever we hit 
uh, when we hit. Because we, we usually something. we pull our we pull our gold and play as a team. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll play as a team. And so when we hit a good hand or make some money, and it's pretty good, we'll we'll say, "Daddy noticed," which is a which is a phrase from the show from the fear episode. And then if we hit really big, Nick had changed it to Oya Bunt noticed, which I which is also from the show. From the black is it from the black rain episode is it from black okay it's from the black rain episode well we were obsessed with the the term the name oyabun i know that i can't remember what did we say oyabun noticed i uh, no, no not at all but that's 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 something that happened in real the real that's what came yeah that yeah. happened in real time you know just like the jfk mm -hmm. hit so basically two uh idiots at the table just whispering each other daddy noticed every once in a while and then daddy didn't notice most of the time. And then Oyabun. Yeah, every Oyabun noticed, right. hopefully. <laughs> the best right. was this is the true story. I'm sitting there, and to my right, Justin has just hit a, a three card straight flush in, in uh three card poker. So he got an Oyabun. To my left, a man is having a heart attack on the floor. <laughs> well, I didn't know. No, I hit even harder than that because I mean, not to say anybody cares about this, but the bonus hand, we actually got a five card. That five card straight flush and that's what got us like we got yeah a guy so we were getting paid out like a thousand plus dollars and this guy had a heart one of the dealers had a heart attack it wasn't a dealer it was a, it was a customer i believe no it was a dealer oh really you, yeah. you probably mm -hmm. was as shocked as we were the, the great thing is if this were a heist film that guy would have been the distraction that we set up right. so that the pit boss didn't see the shady shit he was okay. That's all I know. And then COVID hit. Remember that was like right before COVID hit. Yeah, because we went to see uh, Nate Bargatze and then went mm -hmm. straight to this casino from there. Um, yeah. In in uh, February of 2019 or 2020. So in this order, went to see Nate Bargatze. Oyabun noticed. Heart attack. The dealer had a heart attack. I love the fact that there are people who are just normal people sitting there watching two grown men saying daddy noticed to each other. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, I'm sure we, I'm sure it's great for everybody. We, we certainly laugh. All this to say that I have, that you, you, your extra scene was that. My extra scene, I think I'm just going to have just a nonsensical summer celebration, Nick. None of the characters in the movie are in it. Even Ben Affleck, the survivor is not in it. It's just, there's a, a storefront all of a sudden, it's the middle of summer, warm people in shorts, Christmas trees in the window, Danny Trejo's dream alive, Christmas 2 is happening. His legacy, he may have been, I don't know how he died in this. Did he get shot? He gets, I think he got yeah, shot. He got shot. got shot to death, but his, his, his dream does come true that very summer, that very next summer. Christmas 2 happens. Taco impresario, Danny Trejo. Does he have a taco business? Yeah. Look, money in escrow is like shooken hands and shit. And uh, you've mm -hmm. been given the financing to do your own sequel to Reindeer Games. Thank God. How do you take that hard earned and put it to use? The sequel? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned this before, I'm going to have the, the I'm, you're bringing back Clarence Williams the third. I can't now, but let's say we did this sooner because he did pass away. Danny Trejo, I'm bringing the whole crew back. And the whole movie is them pumping iron in heaven. They're waiting. They're getting ready for Affleck to die. And every once in a while, they cut in on like a glimpse of a decade that he's living as he gets older and they're up there waiting they're getting jacked they're waiting for him to pass away so they can finally kick his ass in heaven and uh then he gets he gets to 99 years uh old he trips over a, a caterpillar in his garden 
he falls on a rake and dies. And they're like, yes, they high five, they hug. Uh, and then he goes straight to hell and they've been waiting <laughs> and they don't even get, they just see him go down the shoots that go down the fiery shoots to hell and they don't get to realize their purpose. And then they realize they actually they're in hell because they've been waiting for, you know what I'm saying? They've yeah. been waiting for him to come up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a twist ending. He, Aaron Kruger wrote that too, the sequel. Yeah. He flips it. You like that? Yeah, mine is a political, sort of like a social commentary, an allegorical kind of thing. Affleck, he's still uh, kicking ass in uh, Sidnaw. And he's watched the people whose mailboxes he, he, he doused with cash blow up. Rich as fuck. Killing it. They invested that money. They became super gents. Like, they are loaded out. Mansion Row, they call it, that, that, that little straight walk from the casino to Sidnaw. And they're just, you know, this is like 15 years, 20 years on. Let's say 22 years on, just like from the movie. And he's a hard up. He's works his ass off. He's trying to be straight and narrow. And then he realized, look, these people are rich. I need to go tell them that I'm sure. the one who put the money in the mailbox. Kind of come clean. You know, not right. a, you know, maybe they'll thank me. Maybe they'll give me a job. Maybe they'll throw me a little stipend or whatever you want to call. But he forgot one fatal flaw. What? They're rich now. He's poor. They hate him. Oh, man. They hate him. We take. We don't give. And, and he shows up yeah. at the door. He said he wore a suit dressed up. Like, oh, you hear about uh, a tax evasion possibility? Some sort of shelter I was, I've been looking into that. And he's like, no, actually, I'm the guy who uh, slammed. Yeah, they yeah. can smell it on him, yeah. right? They can smell the middle class on him. Yeah, and then it's just the, mm -hmm. the, the, the rest of the movie is the real-time sulk back to Signal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that what it's called? The real-time sulk back to Signal? It's perfect. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, I like that title. Yeah, Martin McDonough directs and writes. So. <laughs> yeah, he said he's a huge fan of this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Vince Gilligan said the scene where Jesse starts putting all the cash, giving the cash to everybody is completely inspired sure. by reindeer. Games. Oh, of course yeah. we did not talk once about how they force Christmas terms and songs in this movie. And, and like, you know, uh, Gary Sinise at one point said, you want to go down my sister's chimney? Like, you know, like everything is like cr Christmas inspired. Like they have these, these, it's just terrible all the time. Why didn't we bring it up? The bums rush to get to the end. That's true. We didn't definitely didn't bums rush. We've been talking about this movie for almost two hours. We have, actually we haven't been we talking have, about it. the movie. <laughs> That's true. Look, you're in the movie. You've been inserted into the running time of Reindeer Games. What shape does right. your performance take? I already know this one. This is, this is my character. Okay. So let me just detail. I'm gonna just quickly detail the ending. Ben Affleck double crossed. The gang dies. Okay. He he's like Sinise. He's like Sinise is with Charlize. I can't believe it. I'm, you know, I'm double crossed. All of a sudden, Charlize blows Sinise away and Fran walks out. That's her actual boyfriend. He's the one that's been orchestrating all this with her. Ben Affleck and Hapless. So then Affleck kills Sinise, or he kills um, James Fran. He kills Charlize. And he, dry, he gets away with the sacks of cash. And as he's leaving, as he's in the distance, you see a little figure pop up behind a snow mound with a gun. I was the uh, actual real boyfriend, not James Frain. I had orchestrated all of this and was waiting for her to actually kill James Frain and then be with me. But I fell asleep behind that snow mound. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I got bored. Yeah. 
and I got cold. Yeah, snowboard. And I was uh, listening to, you know, I had my headphones on, so I missed all the all the shenanigans. I woke up and I'm like, what what's going on? Yeah, you're like, so I, pop, L- I didn't pop up in time. L7's bricks are heavy is blowing your ears out. <laughs> so that's it, man. That's that's uh, that's it. That's it. Mike. I'm the character that uh, was the the orchestrator of everything. And I see ben, I see Santa Claus walking away with with money. And then I just nod to myself. I go exactly as I as I planned it. Perfect. And then her actual boyfriend shoots me in the back. He pops up. <laughs> it's very spy versus spy. So you don't know who I am in the in the film, but I it's middle of night. Uh, it's the, the you see the digital alarm clock or you know clock next to my bed. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like three o three in the morning, and I sit up like abruptly, eyes wide open in, in terror. And I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, I'm the accountant for the Tomahawk, and I'm like, I forgot to pay the insurance bill. I was like, "Ooh, I better oh. go. I better send that in right now." And I'm, you know, so I I, I raced and I'm driving towards the casino. I see smoke. Uh-oh. Oh <laughs> shit! And then the last shot is you, you know you see a third car go down over the embankment, <laughs> exploding. Because I. I can't live with the shame. I can help you out. I can help your character out if you want to listen. Let's hear it. Take that insurance bill that you forgot to mail, right? Put a stamp on it, or you know, insurance payment, and then put it in one of the the dead bad guy's hands. And then come to work, you know, come re, re, retrace your steps and go. Oh my God, these nefarious bad guys—they also disrupted our mail. And then Dana Stubblefield comes up, says, "Been there." Look, you've been given the financing to have your own business associated with reindeer games. Thank the Merce. What you doing? So at the beginning of the movie, the Ben Affleck and Charlie Theron they eat before they eat. I'm listening. You know I'm, I'm listening. Before they eat, they eat at Kern's Home Cooking, a restaurant called Kern's Home Cooking. My plan and my pitch is to create the exact replica of Kern's Home Cooking and franchise it, the restaurant as the diner as seen in Reindeer Games. Is it spelled like Joanna Kern? Yeah, of course. Nice. I tried to look it up to see if it was an actual restaurant, and I could not. I could kept finding Karen's Home Cooking. I don't think it was called Karen's Home Cooking in the movie. I think it's called Kern's Home Cooking. This is like this is like Aaron Kruger's Golden Apple Cigarettes or whatever. Like, I, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I want to franchise this bad boy, you know, and and um, the, the big thing for me is all my all the meat that we use is reindeer. By the way, I ate elk for the first time last week. Did you? Yeah. First time ever. And good. Good. It was good. What, what kind? How did you eat it? Well, how was it prepared? It was like a steak. They made it like a steak. Right. And it was yeah. really good. That's your review, huh? Yeah. I, I enjoyed the taste of it. Yeah. Don't get more specific, please. <laughs> what did you have it with? Like, where were I, you? I was at a you fancy ate? restaurant in uh, Pinehurst, North Carolina. I don't remember anything else about it. You saw elk and was like, "I'll have some elk." I, it, was, it was. There was. It was. It looked interesting, and the and the the waiter waitress loved it, mm-hmm. and then the people that I was with said, "Yeah, that's good shit." So I trusted them, and it was it was good. The taste uh, was favorable. What I'm going to do, my business. So I'm creating an open world. Next generation video game. Oh wow! Yeah, it's called Reindeer Game, and it's next gen game, super 
cutting edge, six frame set, you know, super just gorgeous. Every polygon you can imagine in there. Open world. You're free to go wherever you want inside the jail cell. And you have, like, you could sleep, you could smash it to smash balls, you know, smash your balls to Charlie's pictures. Go over to the sink. Mm. You you can sort of peer through the bars a little bit. Don't spoil it. Please don't spoil it. Yeah. That's enough, Nick. There's a feat. I'm in already. Don't spoil it. Oculus Rift it. You can do whatever you need. Can you go to the sink? You can go directly to the sink. That's good. Or you, turn can, it on. or you could take you a cir- circuitous route to the sink. No, we haven't. No, there's no interactivity with the sink. Come on, get over yourself. For ninety dollars, I mean, takes up. It's it's a we've we've built a, a, an interesting um, programming thing into it where it searches mm-hmm. when you when you're thinking about buying and you're and you've engaged the check the you know the the uh, cash you know what do you call it the, uh, the shopping cart feature. Sure. It searches your hard drive to see how big it is, and it installs exactly that amount. Fills up your hard drive, <laughs> and no matter how big or small. <laughs> well, that sounds great. Is there any Easter eggs in this? Any secrets that you can kind of give us a little? For an additional taste? $90, we will feature night and daytime light creeping through the, uh, through the, oh, through awesome. the bars. Yeah, so pretty good. And does this feature actual voices of any of the characters? Like, does James Frain reprise? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. The Frain impersonator? Nope. We got the other Bacon brother to do a couple of voices. You're like, uh, is James... Is James is, are you going to get James Frain to do some... No. We'll approximate his voice. We'll, we'll. Good luck trying to do that. He's got a unique brogue. Oh, is that the right term? He's got a unique delivery. Yeah, absolutely. Always playing the bad guy, James Frame. And he's a yeah, he's a he's a good looking dude. He could have played a sweetie. It's kind of like um, I think he was in some oh, British romances where he wasn't a villain. Mosey, I know he's he was probably in some period pieces. He looks like he'd wear an orange like a burnt orange suit. Well, but I think he's usually the bad guy or a duplicitous yeah. or a snake type character. I wonder why. Yeah, but I tell you, gorgeous game. Operate. I'm excited about this. It yeah. spins at 60 frames a second on your TV. What's the goal? Probably to get out of prison. There's no other people. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you don't need voices then. I mean, no. There's the there's James Frain's voice. Yeah. And then oh. and there's also a, a, a so he is in it. He is doing the voice. And there's a, a strange okay. Griffin that also <laughs> flits about, but you know, and interacts with you. But you can't interact with the sink. No, no. Yeah, James Earl Jones voiced the Griffin, though. Wow. Yeah, that's great. We did a 3D rendering of the Griffin, so we did motion capture. We we, we basically snuck into a, a Dragon Con when he was signing autographs. American World booth. Um, so look, you've been asked, you've been asked to you know kind of incorporate reindeer games into your everyday life. You know, to have like a ritual or a you know, have your life, yeah. You know, and and how would you kind of let this kind of permeate into your way of life? Such a good question. You already know what mine is because you see me do it a hundred thousand times. What in this movie? Uh, they don't give Ben Affleck a real gun; they give him a squirt gun, which he ends up filling with rum and then using it to burn Clarence Williams later in the film. Anybody who knows me knows that I exclusively drink from guns. <laughs> you do, yeah. I knew that, and so. You- so you're inspired by this film, you continue doing it, is what you're saying. Well, I mean, it started 
back in 2000 when I first saw this movie, I was like, that's, that's my, that's my flask. That's the receptacle of choice in which I will imbibe. That's the only reason I'm pro second amendment is that I need to drink. Here's the thing. I will damn Affleck's performance a little bit more. He squirts uh, a squirt gun into his mouth to drink alcohol. It's too much. He over, he overacts that. (laughs) He over empties the squirt gun into his mouth. It's too exaggerated. I don't like it. It's, I don't like it, Nick. It sucks. By the way, they didn't put Charlize in a, a Mrs. Claus suit here at the end. Everybody else is wearing Santa Claus outfits. She's not. Look, missed opportunity a little bit. She should be one of the gang. Mm-hmm. She could wear just a Santa suit, too, but I, I didn't understand why she, Why isn't she in a get-up. She's part of the crew. You're right. They should have put her in a suit. By the way, Aaron Kruger blew it out of the water uh, by giving Car- Clarence Williams the, the trait of calling elves dwarves. That was his big. Act. He also like when he tries to, he does a great thing when he goes to punch. They have a fight and he goes to punch Ben Affleck and he hauls off and he right as he's swinging down he says yes, <laughs> which I thought was great. <laughs> I that was a little great great thing to say. Um, for me, I would I'm gonna take I'm gonna be inspired by Trejo in this film. Uh, and another one of my favorite parts of this is. Uh, Danny Trejo slides into dad mode in this, which I think I could use, which I could use his tone, his intonation on my own children. Okay. Is that when Ben Affleck is scrambling to avoid all the bad guys in the hotel, he doesn't want to be caught. He has to get back to his hotel room. He actually has to, to jimmy his way back into his hotel room. And he does all this stuff with the, you know, this card reader to get back in. Just in the nick of time, he gets into his hotel room before they see him. He slams the door and Trejo rounds the corner and he, he just shouts, who's slamming doors? Like just straight up dad mode. He, like he's he's, he's shouting across the hall to the other guys. He is, but it still sounds like something a poppy, Papa would say. Yeah, that'd be like your, if this were like a sitcom, you'd, that'd be your catchphrase. You come, come in the, enter the scene. Mm-hmm. Who's slamming doors? Whenever I say that's how I'm incorporating. When I when you hear me say who's slamming doors, I'm that's my that's my doff of the cap to this movie. I'm forever quoting it from from my life for for my life. Nice to enrich my life, you know. Yeah. And then sometimes when doors aren't slammed enough around me, maybe I'll quickly slam it, pretend I didn't do it, and shout that yeah. out loud. You know, yeah. sometimes you got to make. You have to make your own catchphrase. You have to set yourself up. Yeah, you got to make the ruckus and then, you know, kind of call and yeah. call out the ruckus. I mean, yeah. The embarrassing part is if you get caught, someone sees you slam the door and then shout that. Yeah. So I have to make sure that doesn't happen. I can't believe neither of us makes jello monsters, but whatever. Uh, look, you're on an island, man. You've been floating yeah. in the sea for all these many years, gathering debris from mm-hmm. various films. What do you take it from Reindeer Game, man? And nothing's not, on, it's not an option. It's not on the table. I'm going to take Charlize's plan to my island. I'm listening. I'm going to take her plan. Is that what you call her vagina? Her plan is to be hot. And that is my plan on my island is to be fetching and hot and just, just sexually confident, just strutting around and like, just. I got it. Look, I've I've ensnared everyone by being hot. Unfortunately for me, there ain't no one there. But I still feel like that's something that you could you could probably work on and just take that ability and you know, maybe every once in a while you get like a double take from a crab. 
You know what I'm saying? That's how that's how amazing you are. That's how universally hot you are. Yeah. A seahorse is like doing a spit take. Right. Well, that mm-hmm. and then his kids come out. That's right. Because the cause they 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 get impregnated in the in the mouth area. No, what, you told you told me this before. Well, no, what the, happens? The, 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 I mean, they're marsupial ish. Like they carry the the males carry the squirts around in their bod. You know, right. they shoot okay. and they shoot them out. I think they shoot them out of their mouth hole. I think the, the kids. Yeah, the kids come out screaming like through the water. Sure, but I I could you know, but uh, then again, who better to understand true beauty and who's really hot than a creature such as a seahorse whose entire job is to look very dumb. And shoot Here's and the thing. shoot their own children out of their mouth. So you're saying that if I'm I'm strutting around and I see a seahorse do a spit take and I'm like I it's worked I've I've captivated uh, non-humans like I've captured captivated all sorts of creatures but really they, they were just giving birth and I mistook it for it reacting to to my presence. Yeah, I mean Robert Frost splashing cold water on me. Robert Frost said it best. Sometimes it's a spit take. Sometimes it's male birth. Fair enough. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if it comes out of their face or out of their bell, but it's still wacky. I mean, you got to love the fact sure. that we have a planet where creatures can live on the hypothermal vents, where a fucking fish that looks like H.R. Giger fucked Peppermint Patty and mm-hmm. males suck out kids. And then, you know, you over- you're right. You're right on that line that I just it's you're always on. You're right on that line. Of knowing way too much about seahorse horses giving birth and possibly making it all up. It's like just that it's just on either side, you're just straddling that line. Yeah. I don't know if you know everything about what they how they do it or nothing. They absolutely you keep them guessing. And and you keep me guessing. Well, that's a, they do it. I and they I thought you knew until you just said they either shoot out of their mouths or their bell. I, I think they shoot them out of their mouth. I, I'm, I'm pretty. I think they come on out, but and when they fuck, they, t- they their tails get tangled up. That's how they fuck. I don't know if I believe it anymore. Like it just sounds like you're just spitballing that you that you're improving. Well, this. if there is a supreme being, he was spitballing when he came up with the goddamn seahorse. And those things just like they just kind of float like standing up, oh, right? Like uh, that's their whole deal, yeah, let, right? Let's, uh, yeah, let's make a a horse and weak thing. And throw it in the sea, and have mm-hmm. gender identity issues. Let's just let's just start them off on that foot, and then let's make every other creature in the sea an ass kicker. That's basically what I right. say with the seahorse. And there's also sea dragons, which are like seahorses with flair that suck even harder. And how big does a seahorse get? About it, it... ninety feet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's just a oversized seahorse out there that's just gigantic i wish loch ness monster was just a shitty giant seahorse no they're they're small man they're, and they're fragile as nuts there's yeah, they? they're, they're delicate little my dad used to tell me he used to be a big saltwater tank guy as a kid and he had seahorses and he said they died if you if you like walk through the room too fast they died are you looking them up of course <laughs> of course seahorses size s-i-g-h it can get up to 14 inches long that's you call that big all of a sudden? No, I've just like just that. I now I know, you know. Wonder if there's ever been a 15 incher. You know, I guess it hasn't been recorded, so they don't want to lie. But I, I imagine if you get 14 inches, you probably get a 15 incher sometime. I'm watching a picture of them fucking, and they're not in entangled tails, but that's that's they caught a rare fucking. 
because they love to squirt up their tails and <laughs> are they uh is that seahorse that if they're fucking is the is is that one seahorse about to screw over the seahorse that's screwing because it really is screwing another seahorse that is <laughs> then it's been in jail like trying to what are you taking Oh, you're going to keep going on seahorses? Well, I mean, it, I didn't realize uh, they could get up to 14 inches long, but that's entirely come. Once they load out, it's they're like an inch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right on that line, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it, the Latin translation is the ocean's dick. Um, all right. So majestic creature of the seahorse. So you took what I was going to take. So I'm going to take, you know what? You look across the sea. And you see me, you're jealous of shit, because I found the unshot slot. The what? I got the unshot slot, plugged in to some unknown source, beeping and whirring and backing. Sure. One-eyed jack of extraordinary magnitude, and I have got a cute little, I've got, I've been, I've been cutting coconut coins, and I just sit down there and pull that lever like a badass and just... So I got the unshot slot, but I'll let you pick what, how it's branded. What, what is it a slot of? What is it? Is it a movie slot? It's a, you know, like we've played many different slot machines that are based on pop culture things. Well, I mean, you're taking it from the movie. You, are you going to like, you're going to rebrand it yourself once it gets to the island? It's going to, no, it's going to, it's, you know, we have some, we have some say, you know, maybe it's refurbished no. on its way. I mean, can you make it into feature awesome images from this film it's a tall order but maybe like what would be the ultimate prize you line up you line up three you like line up three charlie's regretting signing like, what, are you, what are you gonna do like what do you get well i think one of the things you can have on it is uh a um a cockroach encased like amber and in the middle of some green jello you can have a bloody a bloody santa hat could be one of the symbols right the piece of pie like the kind of half-eaten piece of pie that Ben Affleck is is eating, right? Oh, and the, maybe hot chocolate. Remember, he wants to get hot chocolate, a mug of hot chocolate. Yeah, you can have a rum gun. A rum gun would be good. You have a powwow safe. Yes, this is this is could be good. Yeah, powwow safe is good. Um, a bloody farina, definitely bloody face farina. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh Silver, a couple of silver coats that Charlie like. She was wearing a silver parka at the beginning. Silver coats for sure. You can have mm-hmm. uh, a curly head. That's right. Yeah, frames, curly hair. Yeah, just yeah. You can line it. That could be the wild, the wild. You know, the wilds is his curly hair. Uh, a shank. Yeah, absolutely a shank. Oh, even a blood capsule that that Frain bites down on because that's the whole setup, right? He didn't. He just got scraped in the ribs. He didn't. He paid that guy to fake stab him, and he had a blood capsule that he bit down. Remember at the end, James Frain is explaining for about ten minutes. The whole what happened to Ben Affleck, the whole the double cross, like he goes on and on, right about it. Yeah, you can have a uh, we you can get it. You can have a, a chest deep sinise in the pool. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, or um, a cowboy disguise. This is a yeah. this just writes itself, really. It does. Oh, and there's um, what's some, there's some snacks in this movie we could put in. Somebody's eating something. Kevin, I'll rewind. I'm gonna... Kevin, unbought ticket stub. Yeah, I'd say that. We put some coconut coins in it, pull the lever, hit three in a row. What's the what's the big jackpot here? Um, a printout of Ben Affleck's O face comes out of the machine. Oh, you're about noticed. 